This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition, another new week here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. I'm Nigel Seeley, and as I like to say, joining me is our senior ATB Tour handicapper, it's Sean Cavett. Now, before we go into short, this is not one of these fancy green screens behind me. This is actually real. You can hear, hear the glass of the window. I think there's uh, someone moving Vegas. about down side, behind you. So, actually, no, that was your reflection. Now, carry on. <laughs> well, this is the view from behind me here in my hotel room in the Bellagio. Have you, you, see, you see that little green bit there, John? Little green. That's the, that's the uh, this time in two weeks' time, that's the finishing line for the Grand Prix. So the oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The green bit there is the makeshift grandstands, and that's where they do the the finishing line of the Grand Prix. And if you want to take this room, I know you've, I know you've had a good tennis season. If you want to take this room for that, that's $20,000 for the night show. $20,000 for one night? For one night, for this room, for the Grand Prix. Do you want it? I can get I can get a mate's rates if you want it. Well, can you get it for 19800 or something? Off, yeah. <laughs> that's what it I'm is. I'm all right. To get that view. You're right. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of F1, but um, yeah, I think that's a bit out of my price range, to be honest with you, mate. Well, for, well, anyway, how are, we haven't caught up since I've been out here. Obviously, we're supposed to do a, a podcast last week, but obviously, my, traveling over here and obviously, there was sort of scheduling last week in Paris was an absolute disaster. So much tennis, oh. all the matches going hardly go, all going going to the distance as well. Very long tournament, seemed like a long week, but inevitably, yeah. the tournament was won by Novak Djokovic, who again sensationally just produced some unbelievable tennis in testing circumstances for him. What do you, what do you, what do you make of it? We can't keep referring to him and the words there's no much words to describe the, the player what he is but another sensational form of some Djokovic yeah he just it's just part, partly it's just mental isn't it mentally so so strong he could have he could have tapped out against Talon Griekspor he could have tapped out against Holgerun I mean you have to wonder how much he exaggerates things it's always something we say about Djokovic because he was going on about how he's he'd not been off the toilet for about the previous 12 hours before he played Griekspor and there's, there was always some sort of physical element that he, it's almost like he has to create a situation or, or maybe exaggerate a situation and then overcome that situation. And and that's what kind of drives him on. And um, what can you say against Holger Rune? I mean, after the second set, Rune was, was absolutely dead, wasn't he? Once again with Holger Rune is, is um, he had cramps, didn't he? And if you, I don't know whether you saw it, but Djokovic sort of walked off fresh as a daisy, sort of laughing to himself and shaking his head, having, having seen what was on the other side of the net. And this is a 36 year old guy with, so many matches and years behind him. It's uh, it's incredible what he's doing right now at this age. Yeah, amazing. I, I faded him against Holgerun, faded him against Rublev. Had opportunities to to cash out, had opportunities to to win the match as well. But it just just sensational at the end of his career. He doesn't need the money, doesn't need the ranking points. He's won everything there is in the game but to keep doing that. And uh, obviously he heads to Paris, and nothing really changed. We spoke about Paris. Uh, sorry, Paris in Turin. Hester Turin, yeah. uh, we spoke about the race for Turin, the motivation for players to get that final eight spot, but it was as we were. And uh, a week from today, we'll be talking about the action in Turin. But uh, the final tournaments this year 
aren't as glamorous as the setting behind me. And that's an understatement of the year. We have two yeah. ATP Tour 250 events this week, and they're pretty shocking, aren't they, Sean? They're not great. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, they were not likely to be because, I mean, let's take Sophia, for example. That wasn't even supposed to be on the tour this year. It, it's swan song was supposed to have been last year, but they brought it back as a Tel Aviv got cancelled. Um, and there was a lot of withdrawals. So big, big problems there. And Mets, you know, they always struggle to have, um, to get crowds. You know, it's, it's. This, I mean, I could go on, I could spend the whole show actually going on about how they shouldn't be playing tennis at this time of year. And they certainly shouldn't be doing it indoors in these little tournaments. Sophia's basically come off the bench to replace Tel Aviv. It did have, at one stage, it had Holgerun as top seed. He he withdrew, and then they said they had Zverev, and then he withdrew. Both of those guys withdrew because they don't they don't need to play this week because they'd both just qualified for for Turin. I think they took the seventh and eighth places off the top of my head, so they have yeah. no no need to play this week. So Sophia's draw was really really late coming out because they didn't have they didn't know who was going to be playing, who was going to be the top seed, and then there was more withdrawals. There's been so many withdrawals this week that the the draws have been rejigged, and it's um and the other side of that is Mets started early. So Mets, as we're talking, yeah. has already started. Um, I've actually already had a losing bet this week, believe, believe it or not. The show's not even started. Um, I took Arthur Cazot at 50 to 1 in Mets, took a real punt on him, and he, he made a real mess of it against, um, against uh, who was it he was playing? Um, Herbert. Um, wasted a double break lead in the in the first set tie break, ended up losing. So it's not been a great start. It's a, it's a little bit, it's a bit messy, shall we say, this week. Uh, let's have a look at the tournament. Let's just start with um, Mets. Let's start with Mets. The tournament's already started. We've got some outright prices here. And obviously, these, these prices are subject to change. As we said, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, the tournament has already started Sunday. So this will be going live for Monday's matches. But as we currently record it, uh, Alex Diminoir is a favourite at 5-1. to uh, Umber is 5-1. to one. Bublik, uh, another joint favourite at 5-1. to one. Kachanov is plus 5.50. Uh, Van der Sandship, who showed a little bit of signs of improvement last week. He's 10-1. to one. Dominic Team 14 uh, Ravinka, 16 to 1. I mean, you would have thought that he would have been a uh, the years gone by a Grand Slam champion in a tournament like this and Dominic team. Grand Slam champions in tournaments like this at 14 and 16 to 1. They may be popular plays. Uh, Sonego, the Italian, 16 to 1. Giron, 16 to 1. And Barrer, 20 to 1. Now, as you can see from that's the list of the top 10 or so in the betting, it's not going to take much winning this week. And you, you can't rule out people. Further down the list as well. Um, you've got the draw. I have, you know, the draw has been rescheduled, as we say. There's players in action. Where is the value in the draw? What you've seen from the tournament today, and what they actually have seen today. What, what the conditions like here in France? So this is one that's been moved in the calendar from September to the end of November. It's it's a bit of a. It, it, it tends to be moved around a lot. This one they play on a, um, on a slam court indoor hard surface, and they they have been using our tango balls, which were described last year by Mikhail Emer as the worst ball on tour. Nobody else uses them, was his, was his description. So if they're still using our, those Artengo balls, they're a bit dead. They're not, they're not the best. Um, there's a slight hint of altitude here, 167 metres. Um, I watched the match today, as I said, um, Herbert against Cazo, and it, it looked like one of them courts where it looks quite quick off the serve, but then when the rally develops, it, it, it doesn't look that quick. It looks more of a medium-paced surface last year it was medium paced 81 percent holds 71.3 percent first serve points one which is down on previous years it used to be pretty quick here it looks like another one that they've systematically slowed down over the last four or five years but still features a lot of tie breaks 47 percent of the matches on average have featured a tie break last year even though it was slower 54 percent 
of the matches featured a tiebreak. So plenty of breakers usually in Mets. Um, not normally a fabulous week, kind of an average week for for underdog backers. Thirty two percent of the underdogs win in general. And as far as the trends are concerned, only one number one seed has won this since 2012. And that was Hubert Hercash in 2021. Two qualifiers have made the final here in the last five editions. Um, and last year, the aforementioned Bublik and Lorenzo Sonego were the finalists. Just, just looking at the draw, you haven't got it. So I'll just quickly break it down. The top half is where Bublik is um, alongside Hugo Umber. They're the top seeds. Um, you would think, we'll talk about Sonego in a minute, because that's that's one of the, the matches that I'm going to talk about. I mean, how, who could say with Bublik? He made the final year last year. Does he fancy? He was moaning last week in Paris, wasn't he? He played, um, I can't remember who he played. He, he played, I forget who it was, but he he was complaining that it was, uh, I think it was Dimitrov, actually. I think he was complaining that it was a 9 a.m. start and it was too early for him. And he, he, you know, he didn't, he said, oh, they shouldn't be playing at this time. So, you know, who knows with Alexander Bublik? Would you back him as tournament favourite? About five, six to one? I I certainly yeah. wouldn't. Um, as I said, I took a chance on, on Kazo at the bottom half of the draw. He's unfortunately lost already to to a bear. I mean, looking at the other seeds in the bottom half, Altmaier, you wouldn't have thought so indoors. Kashanov and Diminor are the obvious the obvious ones, but are they are they motivated? They they don't they're not gonna make Turin. Diminor's still got one eye on, on Davis Cup, I should imagine, but I can't I can't think he's gonna want to exhaust himself this week in Mets. Um Stanislas Vavrinka, who you mentioned uh a, a few minutes ago, he's been complaining that he's absolutely shattered. We'll we'll I'll mention um, that in a few minutes as well. Um, so you really, the only one I, I sort of think might do something is is Alexander Shevchenko. He's around about 25 yeah. to one or so. He's, he's been improving a lot lately. Um, it could be enough potentially for him to, to go deep in a tournament like this, but it does rely a lot on the likes of Kashanov and Diminor not really fancying it, uh, which I don't know, because Kashanov has missed a quite a lot of tennis this year. You know, I I think Kashanov will probably be up for it, but you know who could possibly say? If you like, the, the bottom line is, if you're looking at value now that Kazo's gone out, if you, I would suggest maybe take a bit of a chance on Shevchenko each way, but it's just a lean for me because this is this is not a pleasant draw at all, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, these tournaments should come with a public wealth warning for sure. Oh yeah, you've got to be, uh, very, be very careful. Very 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 careful with your betting here. Look at the. Uh, Look at the bets and obviously keep your stakes very, very small because it is the last tournament of the season, the regular season, uh, which is the final time that we'll be talking about an ATV tournament uh, before the tour finals, you know, it's the regular season. So, yeah. uh, well, there's a rest coming up for you, Sean. I know that anyway. But uh, this tournament, like, so we're not going to have any... I, I thought Kachanov at plus 550, I know that he's not playing that great, but the fact that he's missed a lot of the season, he will probably become a bit of motivation. I was quite surprised that he, he was considered... A, a more, a less likely winner than Dimonor, Umber or Bublik. So I, I thought, just on the, just looking at the odds without delving into the draw, I thought mm. Kacharnov at plus 550. Because if he was fit and he was playing a lot of tennis and regularly, he'd be a clear favourite this tournament. So I, I, you know, just, but without, I haven't seen the draw because, you know, I, I, it changed and I haven't had a chance to look at it. So um, Kacharnov for me, uh, but very careful. But uh, Shevchenko at 25 to 1, in a tournament issue, you might as well throw a few darts at some big prices. Uh, so that's Met, uh, which isn't very inspiring. And unfortunately, we go to Bulgaria now, to Sofia. Do you want to do the matches in Mets? Pretty... 
Uh, I'm going to do the matches. I'm going to, yes, go I was going to do them both at the end because the, oh, you can, the yeah, do it like that. That's both. fine. That's fine. No, that's fine. We, we, no, listen, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're gonna, it's the last show. We're going to go a bit rogue. And let's do them. Let's do the matches. We've got two matches here in uh, Mets we want to talk about. Uh, the first match we're going to talk is Giron against Sonego. Um, we mentioned Sonego in the outright market. Sonego is the number six seed. He is a slight favourite against the American, minus 110. Giron is minus 113. They've never met before. It's the first time they've played in the ATP Tour. The handicap here is one and a half, uh, but it's not really a one and a half. It's a pick and game, but that's where you go to the Bet Rivers website. You can move that to any one you want to move the handicap to, but it's one and a half, but really it's a it's a close match. The handicap is pretty irrelative, irrelevant there. And the total games are high, 23 and a half, very high uh, for, for a first-round match, really. Giron, Sonego, 23 and a half. Um, what do you think about this one? Again, motivation is questionable for both of them. Uh, Sonego, a slight favourite. Do you agree with that? Not much real on the head-to-head to go for, and both of them very evenly matched on this season so far. Yeah, Giron was was favourite when they originally priced this up. Um, and I, I've taken Sonego here. I just feel like Sonego will be the more motivated guy out of these two. He's defending the title here. Um, that he won last year. It was played in a different time of the year. It was played in September, but he, he still won the title here. So, you would think, you know, the good feelings when he comes back here will return. And, you know, everyone wants to to do well when they come back to a defender title. And he's still got work to do this year. As I said, the Davis Cup finals. Um, I imagine he'll be involved in some capacity um, with Italy. Uh, and obviously, I think the advantage is for the European players against the, the Americans this time of year. I've mentioned it before. I'm not keen on backing American players this late in the season. Giron's the only... American man playing in Mets and he looked he looked absolutely done last week I watched a few minutes of his match against last set actually of his match against Humbert in Paris from my 13 euro seats which were about six miles away from the court um, but even from there I can see that Giron looked he's played a lot of tennis lately he looked really kind of lackluster um, just looking at the stats if we look at the last two seasons 2022 and 2023 indoors at main level very, very slight advantage for, for Sonego, purely on the basis that his win rate is slightly better, 56% compared to 53%, because their service points won and return points won titles are the same on 101. But I just feel like this state, this week of the season, it's not really that much about statistics anyway. It's more about who you feel is going to be up for this and who isn't. And I feel like Sonego will be, and I feel like Giron probably won't be. So it's it's as simple as that to take Sonego here. 1.91, I think he was, um, with Bet Rivers. Yeah, brilliant breakdown there, and you know the defending champion, the points Davis Cup to play. And he doesn't. He needs to be peaking well for the Davis Cup and a, a good run here to defend those points against the American coming to the end of the season and the tournament in Europe as well. So there you go. I, I, I didn't have an opinion on the match, now, Sean, but you've convinced me to have a, a little bit of opinion. But like we say, be very careful. It's the last tournament of the year, and uh, keep those stakes to a minimum. So just a one yeah. unit, as you can see from the unit stakes we've had this year, we've had a very very good season. Remember, if you are playing on this match you can live stream the match on the bet rivers website on your tablet or your mobile device or whichever preferred methods you want to uh to watch the, to place the the wager on uh this the, the final match in the mets only two we're looking about van de sand trip is minus 250 up against the frenchman van ash uh, last week uh, we saw in france the the frenchman had a terrible record in paris uh i don't know the, the, the something about the french players in france they don't occasion, even the French Open, they have an awful record. Uh, but Van Zandtrup is a heavy favourite here, minus 250. Van Ash cost us last week. Are we going to go and help help 
bet, bet him again. I, I said, I've, I've given up on these people. I've given no, no second chance is, is my motto for next season. Plus 195 here. The spread is three and a half and the total is 21 and a half. Um, are we, oh, I, I'm judging, I'm guessing that you, you're, you're, you're going to give Ash another chance at the price, plus 195. But last week I was very, very upset with his performance, Sean, and he will not be holding any of my money. I was very upset with him once he'd got to a set and three love and, and 1.06 in play. Yeah, I was upset with him then for sure. Um, I, I think it's very difficult for these French players because, you know, the crowd, I don't think they help them sometimes, all the booing and stuff. And the, they're, not the, they're not the best crowd in the world. I'll be perfectly honest. It's not, I can't imagine as a French player, if I was a French player playing in, in Paris, I, I'd be pretty nervous as well. I think that's a, a big problem for some of the French players. But on this, it's a smaller tournament in Mets. There's not so much spotlight on it. Van der Zanskup looked absolutely shattered against Rublev in, in Bercy. He had to play five matches last week, so he had to come through qualifying Van der Zanskup. He's another one that still has Davis Cup to come. Um, I just feel like Van Asher might be the more, we should be the more motivated here. I watched Van der Zanskup a few times last week. We bet him, didn't we, against Tommy Paul, and he, he just about scraped past over the line against an exhausted Paul in a, it was a dreadful match. Um, I was watching most of that in the um, in the airport. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't great. We should have won that so much easier. We should have been done in straight set. The pair of them, had, I think, they had about twenty eight break point chances between them and converted about four. It was it was it was not great. Um, as I said, Van Asher was close against Jerry last week. Obviously, led by that set and a break. If he plays that level again, I think he should be at least competitive here. If what if we look at what he's done at main level this season. Um, in 2023, he's played 24 main level matches this season and he's won a set 16 times. He's won at least a set 16 times. So 67% of the time he plays at this level this season, he's won at least a set. So if I was betting in this one, um, I would be probably backing Van Asher plus one and a half sets. I think that that was about 1.73 bet Rivers earlier on. I'm not sure if that line has changed, but I think that's the way to go here. I, I think Van der Zanskup's, um somewhat coming to the end of his energy levels. Although it's difficult to tell with him. He looks like that when he's fresh as a daisy. So hard to say, really. Well, bet Rivers have about 28 different markets available to bet on. Check them out. There's uh, so many different markets. If there's bets you've never had on the market, check the market out. And there'll be an explanation of how the market works on the information button next to the wager, the, the market you want to play on. Um, I'm just going to briefly mention with... one more, if I could. Just very, very, yeah, sure, very... Sure. Go on, go on. Yeah, go on. Very briefly, just about Stan Winker because we, we touched on him earlier on, didn't we? He did say in Basel, which was a couple of weeks ago now, he said, and I quote, I feel that for the past few weeks I've been very tired, broken even, was his, was his words. And that, that, those comments changed the market uh, of the match that he played against Dominic Team. It made him underdog. Um, and if you remember, that match finished about half past two in the morning. Another one of those classic Bercy matches that finished ridiculously late. Uh, he's only won one of his last six matches. He said he's exhausted. So I looked to see if his opponent would be able to do something. And I came up with Zapata Morales, who's 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 dreadful indoors. And he's retired from his last two matches with the same knee injury that he's had for a while. So that's just a, just an aside. Um, if you were thinking of betting in the Vavrinka match, you've got one guy who, who says he's broken and another one who seemingly is broken. So that's, I that's think, where we're that's at. Broken. I think those quotes for Rarinka may not be, you know, we, we, we probably can't make a case for Sebastian Morales, but it's definitely in round two. 
if he gets through that match and he, he he's a yes. a favourite or a, uh, we we got to bear that in mind for Rinka's chances in the tournament when he gets to the latter stages. So a little yeah. bit, a little bit of nugget, just, just a bit of extra yeah. info. That's all. Yeah, I, I, well, that's what we need. This was all about getting the info on here. Just one quick little question for you, Sean. I mean, obviously it's the end of the season. Um, yeah. We've talked about motivation for these players. We've talked about players having long years, which is they have had an, an unbelievable long season. Well, I mean, we're exhausted and we haven't even picked up a tennis racket and travel on the travels that we do. What these players do week in and week out is, is insane. Um, but you, you're, you're obviously an underdog better from your, your strategy on tennis betting. Uh, mm-hmm. Is these tournaments very high for underdog bets? You would presume that if you bet the underdogs in this tournament blind, you should cash over the thought, given the given where we are in the season and the, the players taking part. Is it is it something that has proven to be? I know that um, they they played at different times of the year, but traditionally in the last tournament of the season, is it something that you sort of focus on looking for more underdog value than you do would do in say the middle of the season? Um, not really, because I mean. It, it... It depends on what's happened in the past. I mean, Mets is, hasn't always been an end of season tournament, so it's it's difficult to look at that as as an end of season tournament. And Sofia hasn't always either. It was played in September in 2022, September in 2021, November in 2020. So it's not it's not always been an end of season tournament. But I, I would look at what's happened in previous years. If there was a a tournament that was being played in this same week every single year, I would certainly look at that. Um, as I said earlier, only 32 percent of the underdogs win on average in Mets. I'm just looking at Sophia now, 31% in Sophia. So very, very average, certainly no more than the average tournament. So that hasn't proven to be the case. And if you you were talking about betting underdogs blind, I've got that info as well. Um, Sophia, you would be in a loss if you'd backed every underdog blind in the last one, two, three, four, eight edition, uh, seven editions, sorry. Uh, And Mets also have that here somewhere. Again, you'd, you'd also be out of pocket as well. So, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not. I, I, I just, I just think that the, the scheduling now coming towards the end of the season probably gives it a higher chance of that that cashing with motivation. And with, you know, we've we, we, we've got some decent favourites here. Like minus two fifty. Van der Sandra, for example, minus two fifty. If that match was played eight weeks ago, it'd be minus two fifty. The, the the market hasn't factored in much for the, the fact that it's the last tournament of a long season. And but I'm happy with that. I, was, I, I wasn't going to back Van Ash. Uh, Sean and I, and I, and I, but it's just you a lean. It's just a lean. Don't don't worry. It's just a no, lean. Well, just because it's the last tournament of the year, I'm, I'm and I'm betting the other dogs. I'm, I'm going to do it. So just the one official bet uh, at Mets, Senego. Just a small bet on Senego. Yeah, this is this is not a week to be um to be going mag. So sometimes you, you do even the underdog winners that you do get. Sometimes they're a bit peculiar, and it's just because the favourite isn't really isn't really trying or or, or is is injured and he doesn't really want to stretch himself. So some of the, sometimes you do get some underdog winners, but they're ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So they go the bet at Mets. Now we're moving across Europe to Bulgaria, to Sofia. Now, if you thought Mets was bad, let's have a look at the runners and riders in Sofia. It's uh, Manorino, uh, who did the business for us, was it last month or the month before, a six-to-one shot. Jack Giraffa, yep. absolutely... Struggling through injuries, the the Brit. He's the joint favourite. Shows you how weak the tournament six to one. Jan Lennart another player who's returning from injury to no form at all, seven to one. Massetti, you wouldn't expect the Italian to be very strong in these conditions, plus seven fifty. Then you've got the, the sort of the journeyman of the tennis. Well, Kekmanovic, he's oh, he's in every tournament. Kekmanovic, he must be exhausted. Kekmanovic, he's injured he's as well. He's in every tournament. He must be injured. That's uh, why he's Kosofi, injured. 
Yeah, Coates <laughs> offered 12, Popper in 14, Fuksovich, another journeyman who's in every single tournament. Another one who's always in Yeah, O'Connell 14 to win, to run, and Marazan at 14 to 1. So, really, what you've got to do here, you've just got to mark every single one that you want to fade. And you're probably only left with like two people who can win the tournament. It's not pleasant. It's not It's not a pleasant draw, is it? I've, I've spent quite a long time looking at this draw and it's still, I'm still none the wiser, really. <laughs> um, let's just talk about the conditions. As I say, this was brought back onto the tour after Tel Aviv got cancelled for obvious reasons. It used to be played on um, acrylic on wood surface that, that was on the quicker side last year but with 84% holds and 74.3% first serve points won, but they've changed it again, presumably because they only got the call at the last minute stage the tournament so they've put a green set um indoor hard court down so we're gonna have to guess how quick that's gonna be that could be any pace they want um there is slight altitude here at 550 meters so it can be tough for the players to control the ball and it does tend to make the conditions perhaps a bit quicker than they they normally would be 42 percent of the matches here have featured a tie break and last year the um the servant volleying um mark andrea husler won it last year um the number one seed's only won this event twice in the seven editions that it's been on tour. As I said, it averages 31% in underdogs. But last year, interestingly, there were over 50% underdog winners here last year. So that comes back to the point you were making earlier on about the um, the, the favourites obviously struggling this this last um, week of the season. So as far as the outright's concerned, looking at the, the top, I mean, we talked about, you mentioned Jack Draper a minute ago. He's only just like about half an hour ago, finished playing the final in Bergamo. He's played a three-set final there um, against David Goff, and he won it, I think. Um, let's have a look. I think he won it. Yeah, he won it two sets to one. But he's, he's literally just got off court. I know it's not a million miles to Sophia, but he's he's played a long week, and I'll talk about him a little bit more in a minute. I certainly wouldn't trust him to go back-to-back finals, Draper. Certainly not at this stage of the season. He's... he's I mean, body, he's unfit. He's not fit, yeah. is he? He body breaks down more than anybody. He does. He's he's certainly got big, big problems with his physicality. I'd be terrified if I backed him at six to one to win this tournament. It does look quite a decent opportunity for Jan Leonard Struff this. However, he's he's again about six or seven to one, and he's not won a single title at main level in the ten years that he's been playing at this level. So and he's only won one of six matches since his latest comeback from injury. So it looks a good opportunity for him, but would would you back him at, at sort of six, seven to one? I, I'm not sure that I could. Um, so I've taken a I've taken a, a little look um, at the bottom half of the draw. Fuksovic is another one that's you'd be terrified about him this stage of the season. He always breaks down. He's like a finely tuned racehorse. There's always there's always some sort of niggle going on there. There's always a problem. I wouldn't trust him this stage of the season. Um, Kekmanovic withdrew from the doubles last week with a wrist injury. Um, Bayers, you wouldn't have thought indoor hard, really. So, um, Manorino, yeah, again, but would you take him at like five, six to one? Not, not really. So, I think this could be a chance for, for Pavel Kotov. I mean, he played some fabulous attacking tennis in Stockholm a few weeks ago. 92% holds of serve that week, Kotov came through all the way from qualifying to within a couple of points of winning the title. Service points won and return points won total of 105 that week. And that was against top class opposition, Monfils. Kekmanovic, Greek sports, and there you go, all those guys and recorded those numbers. He's had time off now to recover since then and prepare for this. So if he, if he reproduces that form, you're getting about 12 to 1 or thereabouts on Kotov. I think each way he's the one to be on, but it's a very, very difficult um, draw. 
And it goes for 12 to 1. Remember, Bet Rivers running only sports books across America to offer each way betting, which means half of your bet will be on the place to make the final every 6 to 1, and the other half will be on him to win. It should be two wages effectively, one on the winner market at 12 to 1, and one to make the final at 6 to 1. And given the way he played, uh, it, like you said, Sean, it gets much better opposition. This bit of form, bit of incentive to win a tournament, coats off at 12 to 1. Uh, is the pick for us here, small lean each way. We have two matches, and one of them we're going to talk about is Jack Draper. Uh, we did mention him there. His physicality, he's, he's just won a tournament hours ago. We're going to travel to uh, to fear into, into Bulgaria, where he plays uh, Martier, a uh, big serve in German. Is he German, Martier? Is he German, Martier? Martier, German, yeah. He's just been playing as well. Yeah. He just finished the final today. All right. So he's the two two players in form. Uh, Draper's minus 286. Martier's plus 220. The handicap here on the spread is three and a half. Uh, Draper giving up three and a half, which does seem quite quite generous when you consider both very big servers. And the total games are 22 and a half. And if you were going to ask me which I'll go over under, I've got to go over those at 22 and a half, given the way these two players serve and if it's a quick call. Um, they met once before, I think, uh, in a challenger last year, and it was an easy win for Draper, 6-4, 6-2. Would it be so easy this time around, Sean? Wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it's a very, very quick turnaround for both these guys. Um, I wouldn't trust fitness of Draper. I just think he's really, really short in price, Draper. Um, Martin's been playing some really, really good tennis, played really well in Antwerp the other week, well, uh, the tournament I was at. Um, last time he met Martin, he was priced up as slight underdog, actually, um, was Jack Draper. And he did win it in straight sets, but he was a slight underdog. Now he's a, a roughly minus $3 favourite after all that tennis. He's also won five win-loss at main level against fellow left-handers, Draper. If we look at what Marta has done in his last 10 matches, not including today, um, he's held serve 97% of the time, Marta, winning 83% of his first serve points and actually 65% on his second serve, hitting a one ace per game. Given the way these two guys serve, I, I took a bet earlier on. I hope the price is still similar. Over 10 and a half games in set one with Bet Rivers was plus 210. Um, that, that for me is a, is a great bet. That's the, probably the bet of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, brilliant bet. Both in form, both massive servers on quick conditions. We expect it to be quick conditions. Plus 210, bigger than 2-1, to one, over 10.5. Tiebreak must be a big price, Sean, as well. Probably fours, I would guess. Yeah, it was roughly um, plus plus 300 or so, yeah. Yeah, so that's a lovely price. And that also brings in the, sort of my link for the over the totals at 22.5. So in that match, Martier against Draper, where all our attention is focused on the game markets and overs on the game markets. Uh, the final match, this one, I didn't know much about this one, but when you put it down on this, I had a little bit of digging and I looked at it and I, and I think I, I know where you're going to go here. And I, I was quite excited when I, I saw it because I thought to myself, this is this is a strange game. I don't really know much about this player. But when I looked at it, I thought, this is quite interesting. Marazan up against Piros. Um, they're both Hungarian players and they're playing in Bulgaria. So, and you look at it, they're identical in age. They would have probably played a lot of tennis together. Uh, Marazan is obviously broken onto the ATP Tour scene because he beat uh, Carlos Alcaraz in Rome. His performances have been great. His highest ranking uh, he's ever been, but he's his highest career ranking currently. But he's had a long season and he's up against Piros, who has got nothing to lose coming in this tournament. The head-to-head, 3-1 to Piros, which is a huge advantage against somebody he's grew up with. All on clay, I have you in mind, though. I've got but three now. Where's, where's the other one you've got there? Uh, it must have been a challenger. I mean, it's 3-1. Well, we'll go with your one, because I think we're going to go with the same case. Let's go 3-0. It's not necessarily 3-0. <laughs> uh, plus 132, Piros. Minus 165, Marazan. Two and a half start for Piros. 
and the total is 22 and a half. Uh, I didn't have any interest in this game. I thought I'm not even going to, I'm just going to skip through it. But when I looked at it, I got, I got the steely juices flowing, Pirro here at plus 132. Yeah, Marazan, I just think there's not much going for him at this price. He looked shattered in Antwerp when he squandered a, a load of chances to win in straight sets against Virilas. Then he played one match and withdrew from the second round in Vienna. That was after his big effort in Shanghai. And now he faces an opponent he's lost to, as far as my stats are concerned, all, on all three prior occasions. And it's an overwhelming head-to-head. The service points won and return points won totals. 116 to 84 in favour of Piros. I know some of them were played a couple of years ago. Um, but one of them was this year. I know they're all on clay as well. But, you know, Marijan is more than comfortable on clay. Plays most of his matches on clay, in fact. Um, Piros made the quarterfinals indoors in Brest in his, his last tournament in France last week. So he's been playing reasonably well indoors. I just think on the head-to-head and the fact that Marijan is looked very, very tired to me last time I saw him, which was very, very recently. He couldn't possibly back him. My lean here is is Piros, yeah. He was around about plus 126, I think, earlier on. He's got bigger. He's plus 132. You're not going to put him up as an official pick? No, I'm I'm slightly concerned that some of these matches were a long time ago, but it's certainly an option. It's a very, very good option. Um, I prefer the Draper bet, and I'm not I'm not keen on having too many bets this week. I don't want to, I don't want to go nuts on this uh, this final. Well, I, like, week I, I like the idea. I mean, I think that I think well, the, the other part I like is the fact that they grew up together. The fact that they're probably the, the motivation for Piros to put one over his mate who's getting all the attention uh, is a massive incentive for him. When the incentive for yeah. Marizan, he's beaten the he's beaten the Carlos Alcaraz, he's beaten the the, the, the Wimbledon champion in Rome at a, a thousand event, and and I think that that's a huge incentive. So you might not put him up, Sean. But I'm I'm going to put him up as a, as a one okay. unit picture. I'm not going to argue. Go... I'm not going to argue because yeah. it is a good, it's a good, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. So plus one thirty two Piros. So I'm going to I'm going to put him up. Very rare you get a bet from me on this show. It's always about Sean. But on this occasion, I had three one the head to head. If Sean's got his three nil, that even makes it stronger for me. So Piros to beat Marijan plus one thirty two is a bet from me here. So there we have it. That I'm just going to quickly in, uh... whip through a couple a couple of more ones very very quickly. Perfect. Very quickly. Uh, Rinky Hijikata has just flown 23 hours from Sydney to get to Sofia. There's no direct flight, by the way. So it's a, it's a layover. So that's something worth considering against the match against Purcell. Um, something that I just wanted to mention. And uh, Rodionov I looked at as well against Kekmanovic. But um, Kekmanovic, as I said, that's based on the fact that Kekmanovic was injured last week and it's kind of pulled out of the doubles uh, because Kekmanovic beat Rodionov very, very easily when they played on clay. Um is he fit? That's maybe one to think about a Rodinoff. And Albert Ramos uh, has broken serve 9% of the time in his last 10 main level matches on indoor hard, winning just one of those matches with a terrible set of statistics. So Kabaj by any of there might be slight value, but he's lost six of his last seven matches and looks absolutely shattered. So there you go. A few little nuggets, but very, very difficult this week. Just one question before we go again. You, you have, you, you're looking at the time, Sean. Are we, are we do okay for time. Or are we running? A bit We've got one minute twenty six seconds. Oh, I didn't know. He got us twenty. What's the point? If he goes out in the first round, it's, it's not his flight money. Absolutely no point. Anyway, we've got one minute to wrap this up. Uh, Sean, thanks very much as always. Uh, we'll hopefully be back tomorrow. Uh, look at some first round matches. Draw dependent. I've got a bit of time before I fly back to London tomorrow. So hopefully, I've extended the room, Sean. So we might as well pay the extra. 60 late 60 dollars late checkout to use the view again for tomorrow i was uh, waiting so for the fountain to start but it hasn't yet well, yes, I think 
it's Sunday. I think it's starting late. So uh, okay. hopefully tomorrow we'll, we'll schedule it when the fountains are going off. Uh, thanks very much for watching. Remember the four ways to follow us here on Benny Weekly Game Bet Match. You can download the podcast, Benny Weekly Game Bet Match, your preferred podcast provider. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Benny Weekly Studios. You can follow us on our Instagram account and our Twitter account at Because We Win. They're the bets uh, in Mets and Sophia. Head to the Bet Winners website for all the specials and odds, and you can live stream the matches from there as well. Thanks for watching. We'll speak to you tomorrow and uh, catch on tickets. Take care.